0: You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome! Drop, my Pink, the and drop. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your beautiful host, uh, Judy Gold, and thank you for uh, being here and listening. Um, I hope you're enjoying the end of summer, which I don't prefer. I like summer. I am a summer, summer person. I like I like autumn, but I really like summer. So uh, I hope you're listening to this while you're I don't know doing something sunny and funny and fun. Our guest uh, this week is Kirsten Michelle Sills. This is part two of my interview with her, who is just an inspiration on so many levels. So I hope you enjoy. And while you're listening, realize what is truly important in life. You got to see your parents in spurts. You, okay. Your whole childhood is... So foreign to ninety nine point nine, 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 nine to everyone, pretty much. <laughs> um, and yet you laugh and yet you you figured it out. You you know, it's funny because I'm not comparing this to you having a terminal illness and being in the hospital. OK, I'm just I'm prefacing that. Where were you on nine eleven, Judy? I told you I was breastfeeding. Oh, I'm OK. Oh, All right. I had my tit out. No, listen, when I went on the road in the eighties and nineties, like, and this is sort of like with you, like, except I wasn't terminally ill, I was terminally bored and terminally anxious and terminally like Mm -hmm. homesick, but we had no computers. We couldn't use this telephone because it was too expensive to make calls. And I, I've said this a thousand times on the podcast. I had one suitcase that was just a junk drawer of books. I'd bring my clarinet. I mean, you know, you had to entertain yourself. Yeah. Um, and it is a skill I have, and I'm able to be alone. And I remember, um, you know, when, I, when I, my last relationship broke up the other mom of my, of our kids, um, my friend, Susie Esman, who's like, I don't know if you know her from Curb, but she's like the wisest, kindest, the greatest. Anyway, she's like, just be by yourself. You know, <laughs> who else would you rather hang out with? You know, and uh, that hit me like a ton of br- I'm like, mm-hmm. she's like, you're so fun. Who else would you? And I'm like, that's right. I'm fun. I like that's me, right. you know, yeah. and, I, and you did that. Oh yeah. As a fucking single digit kid.
1: <laughs> and, but you know, what's so toxic about it is now I can't stand being around people. I, oh my God. Same. Oh my God. I like, but no amount of alone time is enough alone time. I lived in a studio apartment. I saved up so much money so that my last couple years of college, I could live in a studio apartment and like, I could just do, I fucking love being alone, but like you said, like, yes, it's a great skill, but I also feel like it totally came out of necessity. I don't know that I would be as um, heroic and be able to do it if I, if it were the year of our Lord 2022 and I was, right. fucking, you know, had my iPad and all this shit. Like, right.
0: Yeah. Like, can probably, you imagine kids now? No, um, no. Or, you know, they can, they can go so they to school go to on Facebook at a restaurant without their right. iPad. No, but I'm saying kids with cystic fibrosis now in, in the hospital can FaceTime, can see I their, know. and I, I got to like, see that
1: evolution and, you know, for my own self. Cause I, you know, didn't stop being sick as a kid. I was still right. sick at 10, sick at 16, sick at 20. And so I got to like, see the evolution of like, I remember my mom buying me a calling card for the phone. So I, the phone in my hospital room, so I could call her. Um, and then that went from like, sh- you could pay for internet so that I could, right do- like, if I was allowed to leave my room, I could use a desktop. And then when I was like, wow 16, like, I could bring my laptop and pay for internet. Now it's just completely free. You know, like I got to see it all happen, but I was very lucky to have, uh, once I got to be like old enough that I appreciated things, like even when I wasn't in the hospital, I still was never on the same sleep schedule as people my age, because I was, you know, when you're sick and you're like, you sleep all day and you're up all night. And so, well, that's comics
0: too. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Amen. Yeah.
1: And so when I was a kid, like, even if I wasn't in the hospital and I was still sick, I would be up all night. And so the shit that I, that's on at night, I didn't didn't get, I wasn't awake for the fucking kid shows, you know, like the stuff that would be like, right. You
0: watch, I, I read, I heard you, you were into cheers. You were into three's company. Um, you love Jimmy Fallon. And that's what got you into comedy is watching his show at 1137 every single night. Have you met Jimmy Fallon yet?
1: Twelve thirty seven, and uh, I met him when I was obsessed with him. uh, Not met in the way that I would consider met now, but I, my, <laughs> this was when they were giving away tickets on the street to late night because no one had heard about.
0: Oh him. yeah, that's right. And you knew every. I, I I heard you say this. You knew every skit. You were like talking to people, going, "Oh, I wonder if he's going to do this tonight and that tonight." Uh-huh. And they were like, like, "We just." Someone they just,
1: just and I wasn't, you had to be 17 to go and I you were 15. Yeah. But so my mom was like, if we need you, we'll get you a fake ID. So you can write me. And, uh, so yeah, I never, uh, I-, I tweeted at him days, weeks leading up, um, at my old Twitter, which was Kirsten Fallon, which was my name for everything, because I was convinced at age 14 that I was going to be the reason that this 37-year-old man left <laughs> me. Um, I thought I, he Kristen was...
0: Fallon, that's I so that, funny.
1: I thought he was gonna meet me and it was over for his wife. Kristen Fallon. And so he uh, he responded to my tweet when I said, like, I'm coming and you're my biggest fan, you know, and I'm your biggest fan and, like, I just am obsessed with you and, like, I'm, I'm coming to the show and I just kept doing it and he responded. And then when I went... To the show at the end, he kind of walks down the aisles at the end and high fives everyone on the aisles. And I was at an aisle, and he, I guess, recognized me because everyone else is just clapping and I'm crying and was like, "Hey, are you the girl? Are you Kirsten from Twitter?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah." Um, and he just shook my hand and gave me a
0: hug, and it, I'm still riding that high. <laughs> I, we have to get you on there to do stand up,
1: bro. I would, I would do anything to okay i'm I'm gonna be, do, I, do that you know what sucks though is that when you turn 18 you age out of your make-a-wish and i never used it because <gasps> i would have used it to meet jimmy fallon but when oh I, god you met I, him I, I wasn't dreaming that big i didn't think like oh i want to use it to fucking get dinner with jimmy fallon you know that's not you know, right the make-a-wish is only up till 18 no it's not and so I they think- need to do an adult look However, you know what I've noticed is that there's no one. Most people don't know that. So if I say some things might make a wish, I've never gotten pushback or asked for any contracts or, you know what I mean? Oh, right. Good. You can just say it. There's no there's no database uh, for randoms to check. But, yeah, I would I've been really trying as a comic to start doing like I think my my next move is to start trying to do late night shows. Um, But I'll help you any way you can. Thank I can't. I don't. I, I. Oh man. And I think uh, it's so amazing now that he's that he's famous, but it always sounds like a very weird origin story because he was nothing at the time. Right. I was so inappropriately young to have this right. rush on this very normal like every right. guy. He's such a nice guy. He I and maybe that's I think you know what it is. I think it was that I have daddy issues and that he was just what. Like, there, you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> He
0: was like America's dad and he was so right. Nice. He was oh like- my God. He's not America's dad. He's too young. You're that's, right. that's, yeah. That's concrete. because I'm old. What? Okay. Yeah. You didn't, you spent so much time in the hospital. What's the longest you spent in school and did you have friends and were they, they probably were like, who's this fucking weirdo? And did you take your SATs? Like, how did you do school?
1: Um, I, so in children's hospitals, they have like a teacher who has a classroom, but if you are one of the people on contact isolation, she comes to you. Um, however, there's no sort of schedule because you're sick. Like right? She can't just be like, make sure you're in You, I'm coming in at 10am. It's like, she comes in and I'm coughing up a lung and crying. And so she's not going to make me do this lesson right now. You know? So did you ever cough up a lung to get out of doing so- something? Here's the thing. I have always, as a kid, I definitely did. And as an adult, I've always been worried that if I ever do fake it and then, you know, it's going to be a boy who cries well and then I'll lose all credibility. When right, I'm right, sure right, right. Oh, so, yeah. Um. But yeah, she, she, there was always different people who were helping us and they were in contact with our teachers at school, I guess. So they knew- what we were, they'd fax over, like, we're going to learn this times table thing in math. So make her do this. But I missed everything. And my teachers wouldn't make me, like, make up all the work because they felt bad for me. And so they were like, you can just stay with your friends. We're not going to hold you back. You know, did not- you have friends that, that you? Yeah, I did. Um, I had friends who were, I think when you're a little kid, you're, friends and their parents and your parents are friends you yeah know? And so they're like they're more connected and so right I think it was easier when I was a little kid and sick because my mom would still be keeping me in the like she would go to things and she right like, oh, saw your friend Ali and her mom right like, so she's kind of my mom's like subbing like tagging in for me um and so she's the understudy and so then I'll be like kind of just hearing about all these things that are happening now the term is FOMO. Now they have come. Right. Up. Right. FOMO I didn't have that back. I didn't know what it was
0: back then, but I, I just felt like I missed Major FOMO. Everything. But, but you did, I mean, ha, what's the longest period you spent? Like if you were in high school, it, yeah. like consistently going to class, like without missing, without being
1: sick for whatever. Yeah. I think, it's a good question. Probably. I, I think I can remember like a month straight of not missing any school. Um, even if not for being sick but for doctor's appointments cuz right so many doctor's appointments even when i'm healthy and doctors only will schedule you during the day so between those two i would say maybe 3 weeks to a month wow and weeks. then you'd leave for how long so yeah that's the thing i even if i was in the hospital for i don't know th- 3 weeks i still get out and i don't just go right back to school you know i do i do home care or whatever and i shit better the hospital just keeps me until I'm like no longer critical. And then I still am right. You're still Mm -hmm. sick. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So I, I would say like, it it was never like when I was little before when I was very defiant, but I didn't ever want to take my medicine. So I was always so fucking sick and medicine wasn't as good back then. Right. I, I was sick for really long stints. Um, and then in high school, I feel like I remember making friends and starting to do theater and like, getting a boyfriend. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to miss school. So I would push through when I was sick because I wanted to socialize. Right. And so I would be sick one day and the next day I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to try to go in. And then two days later, I'm like, no, I, I, now I'm even sicker. And so it was a lot of every other day missing shit. Oh, that's so awful. Yeah, I know. And especially when I could drive myself, like, I never wanted to miss anything. Of course uh, not. You miss school. I don't know. If, did you do theater?
0: I was in the marching band and the orchestra um, because mm-hmm. I was too tall. Oh, too yeah. Tall to do, to do- uh, I couldn't be in the play. I was, you know, I was over six feet oh, tall. Yeah. I'm about six two now, but oh, I was okay. six I three. I, I, I,
1: fine. Like, I, I know I'm, you're yeah, like, like, perfect. Right. <laughs> but you're skinny. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So you were in the marching band. I say, okay, shut um, up. All right. You know what? Hey, you know what? I was going to say the. I don't know how it was in your school, but the marching band, like the, the band kids and the theater kids were very connected because y'all did like the Sits pro, you know, you did like the orchestra no. for the shows. There oh, I like,
0: did the orchestra for the show too. Yeah. 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 I love the, I love the, um, theater kids. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. And so, you couldn't, I don't know if this was like this for you, but like,
1: if you had an after school thing, like you were on a soccer team or you did theater, yeah. you missed school that day. You couldn't go to practice. Right. Um, and so I would go to school just so I could not miss rehearsal. Cause I would be afraid right. to pass my role or something. Um, And so, yeah, then I started really pushing myself just cause I was like, I don't want my understudy to go on every fucking time. Right. Know?
0: So you got into the you went to the um, University of the Arts. Our our Manny went there. Our Manny for our kids. Yes. Yes. And our our gay Manny. And I mean, did you have to take the essay? Like, I'm really curious. Did you have to do all that shit? And you had to audition? And
1: I did take the SATs. Um, I actually did very well on the SATs. Not Uh, me. Go ahead. <laughs> for someone who didn't attend school, because I, while I had all that free time being sick, they give you like the prep book, and so like right. I all I needed, I didn't really as much need, you know, fifteen years of school. Well, plus you didn't have any distractions, you know, right. Mm-hmm. And so I did pretty well. But then I once I realized I was going to school for acting, and UArts doesn't. It's a conservatory, so we don't take gen eds or anything. It's just right. acting classes all day long they didn't need your SAT score. So it was kind of for nothing, but, um, yeah. And so I did have to audition and everything. Um, you know, I wasn't like, like I said, I'm on and off of oxygen. So I get to kind of be a double agent. I get to kind of play both fields, you know, um, Mm -hmm. if I don't want people to know that I'm sick when it comes to like applying for a job or auditioning, I don't want them to think I'm going to be a liability. Right. And that, works in my favor um so you know when I got into school I didn't say anything to the people I was auditioning with about like hey so um (laughs) yeah you know I mean they saw my transcripts I guess so I guess that probably says how many right I missed but
0: yeah Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. I want to take the rest of the time because I'm so fascinated by you and you're so fucking funny. Thank you. And, I, you know, you have this uh, terminy, Terminally Chill. Mm-hmm. What? So you've raised money for Terminally Chill, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is a series based on your life. Mm-hmm. And I yep. love that you have... You have on your wrist, inhale, um, a tattoo. Never guess what the other one says. I'm going to think. <laughs> is it begin with an E? Oh, she's good. Yeah. So, in the hospital
1: when I'm really fucking sick and they're putting an IV in me and my oxygen levels are like 82. They think it's so funny when they see that shit. <laughs> <They're> like,
0: <laughs> so funny. <laughs> okay, bitch. <laughs> nah, yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. Um, okay. You're not, you don't feel sorry for yourself. I know this is so vomitosis and you can tell you can like hang up, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have such a gift that Mm -hmm. you not only because you're talented and you're smart and that you've never you don't have anything to compare. You know, like people will ask you questions and you're like, well, I don't know what it's like not to be sick. So you can't compare, you know, like. It's, it's when people become sick. Like when I had to start Mm -hmm. taking like SSRIs or like, and you get like, oh, why does this have to happen to me? And, and, you know, I've always said, if you have depression, anxiety, whatever the fuck you have, and you have to take a pill, it's just like having any other disease and you have to fucking deal with it. Like, I'm so sorry. You're so fucking lucky. You never had to fucking deal with this. This is like, so you have no... Knowledge. So, does it annoy you? Like, I I always ask my 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 podcast guests what pisses them off the most, it, you know, because that's why it's called Kill Me Now. Uh-huh. Um, do you f- find it annoying when people are like, I can't believe I have to, you know, I have to wear, I have to use a cane for three weeks or whatever, like shit, like that? Yeah, uh, honestly, yeah. Like, what? I, <laughs> sometimes I
1: try to sugarcoat that, like. No, everyone's pain is is there. No, it's, it's I, not. I do believe, uh, you know, I, I fully understand that side of it. But you know what it is, Judy, is that I also have bipolar disorder. So the one side of me.
0: Oh my God! Congratulations, Mazeltov, Mazeltov mazel and Simon Tov and Mazel Tov, Mazeltov yes. and Simon yeah. Oh and so my I God!
1: Like, yeah. I feel like there's the one half of my brain that's very like, oh hey, your pain is yours. You know, like I don't want yeah. you to be. And I do very much feel that way when I feel it, but when I don't feel it, I am so fucking annoyed by the right. people who. And I mean, honestly, I think what really pushed me over the edge was everybody having to experience for six months during COVID what I've experienced for my entire. I life. I know, it's so fucking acting, whiny, acting as though it. W- It was over. Right. Like like, if I had to do this forever, I would just end it all. And it's like, yeah, can you fucking
0: imagine? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun. Which part of your bipolar is the better right comedy writer? Oh, the mm, mm -hmm. I mean, the
1: I would say the angrier part. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Is a better writer. She's she's more observant. um, Right. In a in a way of like people doing annoying things. But then sometimes the other, the other bipolar side comes out where I tell myself, like, it'll be like conversation, like, oh, fuck that person. And then I'll be right. That's the best thing going through. And it's like, shut the fuck up. I Um, know. Yeah. I, Yeah. I can't stop it. But that I would say that is one of my biggest. Yeah. It drives me crazy. I mean, I, you know, I had a lot of trouble when I used to work in restaurants and like right out of college I managed a bar and when you're the manager and you have to talk to people who want to speak to the manager hearing the things that people consider so upsetting that they're going to actually raise their voice at people you know and I'm just standing there like on oxygen while they're telling me like that their tacos were cold (laughs) and like (laughs) <laughs> like life or death. And I'm just like, obviously you're in my prayers. Like I'm rooting for you. You know,
0: I listen, I, I, I gotta, um, I gotta run to the hospital. I'll be right back. I'll right. make sure your tacos are really. Mm-hmm. S- I can try um, to pick you
1: up some tacos on my way back from the hospital. if that would it, Oh my God. Good. This is great. I hope you talk about this on stage. I actually, I, I'm just this is, right now off the cuff, but I no,
0: this is the stuff you, uh, um, I want you to do that show, terminally chill. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, uh, uh, so where is that now? So
1: it is. Honestly, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it, but fuck. All it. right, um, you don't have to. All right, no, no, yeah. it's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it is a uh, like a, I was approached. Like I always like to say this because I don't like it to sound like I was my idea to make a show about myself. I was approached about this by producers who said we think we could really sell a show about. You know, your life as a terminal ill stand-up in her 20s living in Philly. Um, but we can't do it without you, you know. Like we would you right. would need to play, you know, the character's name is is Kirsten Michelle Sills. So wow,
0: um, that's yeah. that's really so it's, original.
1: It's like a uh it's like I don't know what you call that kind of TV, like Seinfeld or like Fresh Prince, where like it's their name and it's just uh, fake circumstances. Although I guess. some. Oh yeah. It's based on your, yeah. It's a story yeah. based on your it's life. Like, yeah. And none of the people in it are actually right. Right. my life, right. It's just, what if I was in these? And so, um, that we, we've been working on for a while. We filmed a whole first season. We filmed 14 episodes um, Awesome. and now it's in post. And so we have <gasps> a lot of great reach out. Like we have, some good network meetings coming up as soon as it's out of post, which should be very soon. So hopefully. Oh my God. It's such a good idea. I want to write on it. Thank you. Oh my Judy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can just, yeah. If you have any ideas, throw them my way. Oh my yeah. God. I love that. It. It's such a great idea. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're, yeah. So I love it. That's it. That That's the show, but it is, uh, I am really proud And you know what? No one else is going to come up with that show
0: idea-based. Um, can you imagine? No, I, well, it could business. happen. It is show business. I know. Here's some questions I have. What do you think people waste their time with the most? Like, what do you see people doing where you're like, oh, what a fucking. um"? I think it is. And
1: I think. For me, the biggest one isn't the s- self pity, like we talked about. It's the complaining to other people that I think the more I would observe people, you know, when I sit and people watch, you realize like there's some people who are friends or they're married or they're dating and they're so bored with each other in their lives that they have nothing else to talk about except for complaining about. Right, right. That and that is the shit that makes me you know I mean it's like the the more like judgy side is like maybe you should get better friends or a better fucking husband or whatever it is that all you guys can do the only way you know how to talk is commiserate that kind of shit drives me up the wall right and I think what's hard is when that becomes the majority of the way people communicate with each other. You know, it's like, when's the last time you, you came home and you said one good thing that happened to you today, <laughs> you know?
0: Um, do your friends ever, like, complain to you and then they're like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry? All the fucking time. <laughs> all the time. Is it like, hi, I'm having a really big problem. I know you're dying, but <laughs> I'm, I'm having a, a really... <laughs> yeah. that... Some, yeah, but, like, they
1: they do see the humor in what they're saying. You know, yes. My best friend, uh, Savannah, she's my my partner in all things. And if Savannah complains to me about something, she will end it with, by joking around, she will end it with, like, and then this happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me. And to top it all off, my best friend is terminally ill. You know, like, I'm right. so sure. My best friend was in 9-11, too. So I'm I'm really struggling. So she's very good at, like, my friends, they get it and I don't ever want them to feel like they can't talk to me. Like I'm happy to listen. I, but sometimes I think my, sometimes I think it's less judgy and that it's my brain can't comprehend when people will tell me a full story and I can't figure out what the problem is in it. You know, like they have a point and they say it like that. I should know, you know, and like, right. Yeah. And then they, you know, and then blah, 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 blah. And then the guy at the gas station said this. And I'm like, based on your tone, I feel like you're saying that's the issue so we can break that down. <laughs> but I, my fucking, you know, brain but is like, Because you are you have a completely different perspective. Right. And it, because I've had it from such a young age, it's fucked because I genuinely try to see what, but there's some things that, you know, people will be like, oh my God. And then my freaking, you know, and then my mom took away- my phone for the night, and I'm like, and "Wow, then, yeah." And and, and the problem is, yeah.
0: Phone, right. What, <laughs> I, what am I? Gonna, what is, what am what, I now? <laughs> um. Are you jealous of anyone? Do you look at people? Are you jealous? Like, oh my god, you don't. Yeah. Do, I mean, do you think about it all the time? Do you wake up every day and think about it? Not every day, but. I get
1: jealous about it when I see people my age, people with who are comparable in whatever sense. You know, maybe we we went to the same high school, same college, we're the same type, where we're both comics, whatever, um, who can just do things that I can't do. You know, I, I would get really jealous when everyone said COVID was over and it was, I still couldn't leave the house. Right. And people were doing comedy shows and they were just booking again and doing all this stuff. And it's like, And it would make me feel like, God, this is I'm not as funny as these people. And it's like, no, dude, you can't leave the house. And, you know, so I I think that kind of gets to me. You're funnier than these people. Sorry, what I saw you are. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of shit gets to me. I do get jealous over little shit like getting I'm running errands, getting in and out of the car on a 90 degree day. With my oxygen backpack, you know, even yesterday, the kind of shit where you just run in real quick, come right back. Yeah, everything's an ordeal. You know, if yeah, I want, it's just go, hard. or Everything, yeah, right. I want to go somewhere. My friends are like, want to go out for the day, and I'm like, is it going to be more than six hours? Because then I'll bring a backup oxygen tank, and I'll. Keep- <laughs> <laughs> going to be any open flames or kind right. You know, <laughs> and like that's the kind of shit that I I am jealous of people who don't have to plan or pay as much attention. You know when I have friends who are, we all drunk and they get to like, just pass out. And I'm like, I have to wake my ass up off this couch because I had to take my medicine no matter what, you know, that, that kind of stuff's like,
0: what a life it, I must live. But, but it's also then on the other hand, you have this great material about, I don't know what it's like to worry about my credit score or, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you're such a gift to the world. Judy, you are I. you are being so kind right now. No, but I I just feel like I, I I, I, I just, you, people everywhere should know you. You are, you are making people laugh. You are bringing joy to people's lives. You know, Mm -hmm. you are doing, you are the comedy, like you're making comedy out of, Something that is incomprehensible to most people. Mm -hmm. Um, You're such a survivor. You're such a role model. You're amazing. You're fucking amazing. Judy, thank you. I'm not kidding. I I know. But meanwhile, you have to understand
1: my POV, which is like three weeks ago. And I'm telling my best friend, Savannah that I'm going to be on this podcast. And she goes, she's a huge curb fan and a huge 30 rock fan. She's oh. like, beauty gold? Why are you going to be on her podcast? You know, and <laughs> meanwhile. Oh, shut up, Savannah. Yeah. So yeah, I blocked her number. But either way, I am. Uh, really? You're not talking to Savannah now? I'm fucking joking. I would never. Oh, all right. Because I thought Sabrina she was your best friend. Tattoos, so we, it's it's set in stone.
0: And okay. she's the only
1: other writer on Terminally Chill. So we really can't leave Oh, OK. Leave. Yeah.
0: I just think that people need to know you. And, and I believe in the power of comedy. I believe in the healing. I mean, don't you think comedy has, is a healing? I mean, Holy shit. And hearing like I get, I love, I still at this fucking point in my life. Still love getting on stage and getting laughs. I Mm -hmm. mean, it must be the fact that you can experience that. It's
1: amazing. It's such a fucking, and I hate being this person who's like, oh, what a gift our career right. is. But right. Jesus Christ, the fact that my job, the way I pay my rent is telling my stupid fucking jokes on stage, like that is such a gift. And the fact that I get to spend most of my life watching people tell jokes who just bring so much joy. And, you know, anybody who doesn't go to live comedy or live theater in general, you don't know that feeling of like, go in, the phones are away, the door closed. right. Open. The lights are out. I mean, the phones should be away, but they're not always. Other, I know people are things. such fucking assholes. Yeah, but it's like you get to no matter how shitty your day was that day, no matter how sh- you're about to go home and do some something you don't want to do, and it's like you at least have that like two hours of like I just want to hear jokes and
0: I want to is- laugh.
1: I want exactly. to fucking laugh. And if I didn't have, I mean, comedy's always been a huge part of my life, but I don't even know where I would be or what I would be if I weren't 15 at like my lowest self pity time getting diagnosed with bipolar really setting in that i am a 15 year old girl who wants to date and be social but i'm sick if it weren't for having jimmy fallon like you know there every single night like not that he knows he was there but i know he was there i do not know what what i would be doing with my life but it would be very different because I right fuck he is doing
0: the lord's work right yeah um jewish or just jesus Jesus is Jewish. Uh, I don't know what the Lord is. I, I don't like, know. I, yeah. All this shit is just annoying to me. Um. <laughs> So I ask every guest what pisses them off the most. Mm-hmm. Um what what pisses you off more than anything? Okay.
1: So my question is can um does it have to be because I've heard some examples um does it have to be something major because I feel like No, I I most I mean the things that piss me off
0: Yeah. Our t- our little stupid yeah mm-hmm. no minors I like that better okay go
1: now that I've gone through all these big things it's going to sound very stupid when I say no it. I love it I think the things the thing that pisses me off more than anything I mean I I think it might just be the age I'm at I don't know what it is but I cannot fucking stand babies. I- <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't stand them.
1: <laughs> they do nothing for society, and I I'm serious. I didn't. I, I did not know that was coming. Get me heated because I'm. Oh, what did you? Why are you crying? What did you do today? You know, and I just. Right. <laughs> it is. I think it's the core of the question you asked earlier. Like right. People who have it all and they complain. It's like you have it all. You fuck yeah. So I, I there's <laughs> a, maybe a handful of children that I have liked in my life, but babies really get me. Heated. So do can you fly? Is it hard for you to fly? <laughs> um, I I mean now that we have like really good ear canceling headphones, it's not as bad. But yeah, it it makes me really mad. i mean, I'm not even mad. Oh like, my god!
0: Let okay. me tell you something. Yeah yeah. Here's, please. Uh so I went to Israel Israel because my son was playing basketball there. Okay. Uh, so I'm in, we got first class because I can't fit and I'm if I'm gonna fly for 12 hours, I'm not fucking right. It's LL, it's Jewish airline, so there's a lot of you know Jews. Anyway, in first class, there was a family. Okay. Now these tickets are so expensive, okay. Yeah, There's a family, a mother and a father, young. They have three kids. That's three kids. And one of them is a baby. Sitting in, has, the baby has their own flat bed in first class.
1: And you know what? Flat bed! I guarantee that baby doesn't have a fucking job, so it didn't buy its
0: own tickets. Right. Wait. So the baby's screaming. I'm like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, like six hours into the flight, I have to pee and I get up and I, I look and there is like, I don't know how many month old baby laying flat on a, while there's some schmuck in the back who's like (sighs) six, eight and can't, I, I, I was, I, I was like, oh my God, this baby is just laying. I
1: fuck. Okay you that's exactly it that's like a metaphor for exactly what yes I'm yes mm-hmm. yes and i know what you mean those things where they lay it out so it turns into like a little bit yes
0: thing. no yes. the whole no 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 it was one of our seats it was like a first class seat
1: full In, seat how i was gonna say i i couldn't fly first class for myself i can't right. imagine paying for three little kids and one of them is an infant he's not gonna remember it i know they but the pay. parents probably just didn't yeah, want got, we have so much money
0: yeah um Okay. Yeah. And then what do you do for your mental health? That we're a very pro mental health thing. Do you take, are you on meds? Mm-hmm. I take, um, 200 milligrams of Lamictal every day. Oh, I was on that when I had a really bad depression.
1: Lamictal. I love Lamictal. I was on lithium for a long time and it's, I took lithium out. when
0: I was in a clinical depression. Oh, it oh. sucked, And I was sick, but it's all bloatation device i could right? uh, yes i literally couldn't stay awake in class i
1: had to get my lithium levels all the time so i didn't get lithium poisoning day right all. lamictal fucks. i love it um and then i'm on 40 milligrams of prozac i take uh,
0: that did um, nothing for me
1: I take uh lorazepam as needed oh ah, me too
0: Woo!
1: Yeah. um for like you know bad pt like if there's like fireworks or anything that like yeah triggers me um, and then I take um, Adderall for ADHD. and it's, Oh, it's, I take
0: it's, Ritalin. Oh my God, we're yeah. so alike.
1: It's been a great cocktail of, of like medicine. Yeah, I, this is like the best I have felt on my
0: psych meds in a minute, so. What, if you could say something, like if you had a speaker, like a mm-hmm. bullhorn, and could say something to every fucking privileged, spoiled fucking brat in the world, who complains about, you know, my burger, my tacos, my mm-hmm. card, got dented. Like, do you sweat the small? St- like, are you you don't sweat the small stuff. Like if you got a to a fault, I don't. Right. <laughs> no, not, but that's and great. And I should sweat it,
1: <laughs> you know. Right. Even like, you know when it's stuff that's like, okay, you still need to pay your electric bill. <laughs> like just <'cause> <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what would you say to everyone if you could? I say this 5,000 times a day. It ain't that deep. That is like my fucking motto of life. It is not that deep. Like, I don't want to hear like the tacos. It is lunch. It is a meal. You're going to, you had one this morning. You're going to get another one tonight. What is the worst that's going to happen? Like the stakes are so low, relax, you know? Right. Um, So yeah, it, it's not that deep. As
0: Have you life. ever said to someone, you know what? I'm terminally ill. <laughs> like I have never said it, but people will say
1: it for me. I'm not great at advocating for myself or other people w- will catch themselves in the middle of complaining and be like, "Never mind. Um, But yeah, when I'm not on oxygen
0: and I don't look sick or I don't have like my, my central line in, I- I've never said, you know, that. what's a great joke is like, if the audience doesn't laugh, you could say, um, I just want to let you know I'm terminally ill and if this is the last show I ever do, I'll just you know you could totally fucking do right. so much, right? You
1: have to laugh, or it's a hate crime, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly love to pull that card when I need to. That's yeah, the why I get to be a double agent. Like I get to really, I get to live the privilege of a uh, right a, a person who half the time is not on oxygen and is just well at right. like, a bar, and then I also get to do the you know the look at me attitude. <sighs>
0: When did you know you were funny? Like, was it in the
1: hospital? Was I always knew I was loud and I always knew mm-hmm, I always knew I was loud and I always knew I was very clearly a, a theatrical. I always knew I was definitely like a baby gay. Like, you know, I didn't know that right. I, gay, I, I felt like the, I always had the the all the signs that means you're going to grow up to be like. An artist, you know, without the time. But I think when I realized I was funny was because, as yeah, like maybe 10, 11, 12, when people would visit me in the hospital, or I think maybe when I just started to pick up on sympathy as a whole. And I hated it. And it made me really uncomfortable when people would be sad for me, uh, which is like a com-
0: Like people would come to visit me in the hospital and And it's all about them. Like, and it's right. like, you want to break the tension and like, right. all and right, like- enough. I already, I know, like, can we not spend this amount of this time right. being miserable?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Cause so much of being a sick person is comforting other people about the fact that you're sick. And I know. So- no, right. it's bullshit. Right. I it's not about, yeah, but it's, it's always about them. So I think that was when I, I felt like I always had to end with a joke so that it wouldn't be like, you know, well... Heavy. The antibiotic yeah. isn't going to work. End of sentence. As opposed to like they said, this antibiotic isn't going to work. Right. But that's good because it makes me gain weight. You know, like what I like, right. throw in a stupid fucking thing to kind of ease the tension and make them all feel better so they can go home and applaud themselves for visiting this sick girl and holding it together. And so I think that was when I started to be like, if I just joke, they'll leave and they'll shut shut up. Right. And you have the power. You have the power. Mm -hmm. Right. You're like, when you're sitting in a hospital bed, my whole life has just been me in the room and everybody's like standing around. Maybe that's like where I got my love for an audience. It's like they're always in in the proscenium style audience. And so I, I just fucking realized I was funny. And then when I started watching, when I would always as a little kid watched these older kind of sitcoms that had really different humor um i think i was just a little advanced because i was laughing at even though i didn't fucking get it like
0: I, right I, but but you 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 realized oh this is something good this these mm-hmm. joke jo- like humor and satire yes this is mm-hmm. this is what it's all about
1: yes mhm and i and my mom was always really into stand up she always had like um you know like she always had a stand up like CDs you know right house. um and oh know, i
0: love this
1: yeah so like when i was when i was like i don't know 10 11 12 and i remember the first time hearing um mike Rubiglia's what i should have said was nothing mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is it like right. this is Fucking it, and then Jim Gaffigan came into my life, and I, I just was like, "Well,
0: if you're not going to
1: mention Judy Gold, then um, and then Judy Gold, who I'm about to listen to and not read this book
0: that's going to blow me away. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, bitches. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm working in Philly in September, and I really want you to come and do a set. What are you doing? I would love to come see you. City Winery. You. Oh fuck yeah, that's a oh, Hall- wait,
1: yeah. What is your show? I would love to come.
0: Okay. Let me look, you fucking, yeah. no, I want you to perform on it.
1: Oh, I would love to, I would love that even more.
0: Okay. Let's see. I will I have listened to the book before I see you. Just shut the fuck up. I'm going to have, um, have a report on it. Okay. Oh, here it is. September 17th. Okay. Great. That's great. Okay. I'm in citywide. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to meet you in person. Oh yeah. Have you been there before? Yeah, I love yeah. I love City Winery. That's a great oh. juice. Juice, Dude, that's amazing! I can't believe I'm gonna get to. Oh my god, it. we're gonna do a show! Woo! Yeah,
1: Hell yeah. Well, right. you, I mean, you have my info, obviously, but um, uh, you know, I gave Laura all my stuff. My, my okay, stuff. Laura,
0: who's uh, Laura's? Who's third? Our producer Laura's thirty-seven
1: today. Thirty-seven years young, and how does it feel, Laura? <laughs>
0: It feels welcome. like shit. <laughs> okay, you're talking at someone who's terminally ill and someone who's turning sixty this year. So shut the fuck
1: up. Yeah, we I mean, don't even know who's going first.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, thank you so much,
1: dude. Thank you. This was um, this was amazing. Thank you. No, for- you're amazing. I love you.
0: <laughs> I love you. You're the you best. The thank you so much. For listening to part two of Kill Me Now with Kirsten Michelle Sills. She's amazing. Is she not amazing? I needed that. I needed that. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel. It is edited by Colin Schmaling, And it is impossible for this podcast to exist without the help of Brittany Jo Sowards, who was now married to Samuel Richmond, and she is now Brittany Jo Sowards Richmond. Okay. If you have not subscribed to the podcast and left a review, like seriously, you have mental illness. And you need to do that because that's the only way people find the podcast. And there's so many podcasts and you know you love my podcast the most. And that's why you're listening to The End. If you are still listening to The End, I I fucking love you. Just so you know, this week, uh, as usual, I'll be at the Art House in Provincetown on Tuesday night and Wednesday night at 7.30. But in on uh, Thursday, August 18th, I, Judith Hannah gold will be at the mansion in Saratoga Springs, New York, uh, performing. It's an outdoor venue. It's gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. So uh, if you're in that Lake George, Saratoga area, come see me at the mansion. Because it, it actually is a mansion. And it's so fun. So you can check all this stuff out at where I am what I'm doing on judygold.com you can follow me on Twitter Instagram and TikTok I have to do more TikTok stuff I haven't done it in a while Uh, at Judy Gold J-E-W-D-Y G-O-L-D and uh, if you are going to be near Rehoboth Beach Delaware I will be doing a big gala there on uh, September 3rd so get your asses there because it's going to be really fun. Camp Rehoboth. All right? I have to say I'm a little bit happy about Merrick Garland and what he's been doing. I'm not happy about the reaction of the GOP. I just, I can't. It's just disgusting at this point. It's so fucking disgusting. So I'm trying not to focus on that and just focus on the funny. You know, the funny, (laughs) because we got to laugh. Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed my uh, interviews the last two weeks because I really needed that. I need. I, I, I found out about this incredible woman and I was like, you know, let's put things into perspective, even though our country's falling apart. What else? Um, ben turned 21. Ben. And uh, I am now the mother of two adults and I don't like it. That means I'm tall. But anyway, uh, thank you all so much for listening. I love you. There'd be no podcast without the listeners, all three of you. And uh, as we always say, so long.